Hello again, and welcome back to the Plutocracy Report. I'm your host, Vince Marcanti, and I certainly hope you had a good week and have some great plans for this weekend. But if you're not doing all that well and going through some hard times, I certainly know how that feels. But hang in there, because change is coming. And I have a good show for you today. I'm going to talk about human nature, as I promised I eventually would in the very first show. And I have a tune from David Byrne in the musical segment that I will use because some people say uh, I hate America because of my disdain for the plutocrats. Well, it's not true, sheepies. I love America. Just not the way it's being governed. And more on that later. But first, let's get a quick update on Syria. I still think many people, hopefully the majority, knows the allegations about the Syrian government using chemical weapons on its own people are false. And there is lots of new proof that it was indeed a staged event. Even one of the kids they used in the fake white helmet video talked about what went on and how they snatched him up and doused him in cold water in his face and eyes, you know, for the cameras. And it's just sickening what these... uh White helmet rats do for their disgusting, murderous masters. And these people must be brought to justice and punished, as well as all the liars who are involved from top to bottom. But the only thing I have noticed on social media over the last week is some people, and maybe they're just trolls or just delusional dummies, but they're saying uh, the people who are defending Assad and the Syrian government are just brainwashed liberals and the left-wing media is telling them to stick up for the murderous, brutal dictator. And we're all just wimpy snowflakes and don't understand how bad Assad is. This one fool was saying how Assad uses barrel bombs to kill his own people. And even if the chemical attack was fake, he's a monster and he needs to be killed. And I asked him if he knew Syria was invaded by well-funded and armed terrorists to destabilize the country. No reply. But first off, all mainstream media reports whatever the government tells them to. And the lefty outlets are the worst. So I don't see how a Syrian truther is a lefty snowflake or whatever. I'm pretty sure these allegations came from paid trolls. But there are people who believe Assad is a brutal dictator. So let's put that to bed right now. Here are a few tidbits these bloodthirsty, war-loving idiots don't care about. The Assad family belongs to the tolerant Islam of Alawid orientation. Syrian women have the same rights as men to study, health, education, and business. Syrian women are not forced to wear a burqa. And uh, the Sharia Islamic law is unconstitutional. Also, Syria is the only Arab country with a secular constitution and does not tolerate Islamic extremist movements. And there are the only ones who think it is a brutal dictatorship. You know, the extremists and the Muslim Brotherhood, because they're not welcome there. Uh, most of the people like Assad and support him. Roughly 10% of the Syrian population belongs to one of the many Christian denominations, all fully integrated in Syria political and social life. In other Arab countries, there's a sizable number of Christian population, but only in Saudi Arabia are there strict laws against practicing the Christian faith. 
you know, Saudi Arabia, our best friends. Syria has banned genetic modification, so there are no GMOs. There's no seeds from uh, Monsanto. And he stated his decision was made in order to preserve human health. Syria has an amazing culture of its own and open to Western society and culture like no other Arab country. Its media and universities openly debate the global power elite's influence in things. This means that they fully grasp the fact that real power in the West lies not in the White House, but rather with the complex and powerful grid of the elite think tanks and central banks. So they're more aware of our government and how it operates than the sheep people in our country. Throughout history, there have been five popes of Syrian origin. Religion tolerance is unique in the area. Uh, Now it says here, prior to the current civil war, Syria was the only peaceful country in the area having avoided major wars or internal conflicts. But let me interject here. It's not a civil war. Fact is that starting in 2011, tens of thousands of foreigners, al-Qaeda and other jihadists, were sent into Syria to overthrow Assad. The U.S. and its ally, uh, Saudi Arabia and Qatar, uh, Turkey and Jordan, all assisted in buying and transporting weapons to the insurgents. Special forces from the U.S., U.K., France, and the Israelis also spent billions of dollars arming and training the terrorists, a.k.a. moderate rebels. And what's happening in Syria right now is not a civil war, it's a proxy war. So let's get that straight. Syria was the only country that admitted Iraqi refugees without any social, political, or religious discrimination. Following a massive oil find in Syria's Golan Heights, occupied by Israel since 1967, Netanyahu asked Obama to recognize its annexation of the territory. To consolidate its hold, plans are afoot to quadruple Israeli settler numbers to 100,000. And here are the two most important points. Syria is one of the only countries in the Middle East without debts to the International Monetary Fund. Uh, Also, pre-invasion Libya and Iran are the only others. Syria is the only Mediterranean country which remains the owner of its oil company. With an oil reserve of 2,500 million barrels, the operation of which has avoided privatization and is reserved exclusively for state-owned enterprise. So now ask yourself, why are we truly attempting to overthrow yet another government? What, we, what are we hoping to fix here? If the recent invasions and illegal assassinations of presidents like Gaddafi and Saddam have taught us anything, It should be the understanding of the blowback effect of such lawless actions by the West and the vacuum of chaos that always supersedes it. Debt conquer is the name of the game, and this is how it works. Invent a reason to invade and destroy, then offer trillions in IMF funding to rebuild, conveniently paid back by control of your oil fields, and the free access to building gas pipelines for the West. Syria was a good country before we sent in our proxy army of scumbag terrorists that have caused such misery 
And Assad wants what's best for his people and country. And I believe Gaddafi did too. And the proof is there. But every time a troll or dummy disagrees, they start by saying, I met someone from there and they said he was bad. You know, I highly suspect they're full of crap. But if someone did say that, it's not a reason to believe our government's lies about Syria. I mean, if someone asked me about our president, I surely wouldn't say anything nice. But nobody's invading our country to overthrow the Trumper. Now, when they said Assad is killing his own people, tell them Assad has been fighting the Islamic terrorists for seven years. It's cynical and Orwellian for the West to shed crocodile tears for the Syrians and blame Assad for this brutal war while the prostitutes make it look like Assad is fighting women and children. Fact is that the rebels have a highly sophisticated array of weapons, you know, million-dollar tanks, U.S.-made anti-tank missiles that cost $250,000, etc. There's so much more. And the final stupid thing the trolls and dummies will say is, once Assad is dead, things will get better for Syria. And you have to be an idiot to believe this, but I'll explain anyways so we can tell these people. If Assad goes away, the tiny country of Syria will be broken up into ethnic regions. Millions of Christians and Shiites will be persecuted, killed, or driven from their homes. ISIS and Al-Qaeda will rule the Sunni region and the bigger, deadlier conflict, which is war with Iran, will begin shortly. Americans will spend a few thousand dollars, millions of people will be killed, and Europe will be floated with more refugees. In other words, it'll be a wet dream for the neocons, Israel, globalists, and the military-industrial complex, and a nightmare for humanity. So, choose a side. You can be with the true terrorists that are for profit, or with Assad, who's trying to save his country. All right, maybe I'll discuss how this all started later if we have time. But now, here is my highly anticipated report on human nature. You know, I wanted to address this notion of human nature, as I mentioned it in my first show, because I believe it's used as a deception phrase that clouds our ability to envision a better society. People believe it is in our nature to kill each other, and therefore... There will always be war and oppression and servitude, as well as greed and jealousy and egocentric behavior. This gives the idea that nothing can be fixed and we must accept our culture as something that can't be changed because it's in our genes. I associate this to the nature versus nurture debate, which is one of the oldest philosophical issues within psychology. Nature refers to all of the genes and hereditary factors that influence who we are, from our physical appearances to our personality and characteristics. Nature refers to all the environmental variables that impact who we are, including our early childhood experiences, how we're raised, our social relationships, and most importantly, our surrounding culture. And in the past, debates over the relative contributions of nature versus nurture often took a very one-sided approach, with one side arguing that 
nature played the most important role, the other side suggesting it was nurture that was the most significant. But today, most experts recognize that both factors play a critical role. They also realize that nature and nurture interact in important ways throughout life. Well, I personally find this to be rubbish. It is our culture that is the biggest influence by far, and I will prove it now. The condition of our society will dictate your behavior far more than what genes you were given. Now, I suggest you read the book, The Best That Money Can't Buy by Jack Fresco, and listen to him talk about human nature on YouTube, because his opinions are aligned with mine, and I think the best as far as looking at it in an unbiased way and and getting down to the truth. And you know, it's not an opinion. Everything I say here is factual observations and perception is the only thing that is left for interpretation. So here is the breakdown. No matter what our best intentions are to form a logical, peaceful, and thriving society where people have better values, ideals, and behavior, it can never be fully realized when there's still hunger, deprivation, war, and poverty. I mean, people derived of income will do anything that is necessary for them to eat and feed their families. Their values may be exemplary, but their behavior will reflect the reality of the situation. If they have to steal or break the laws, that is not in their nature, but a forced action. Our external environment will dictate our behavior in all aspects of our lives, and this, of course, applies to socially offensive behavior. Everything's environmental, my friends. If you're raised in a great loving family, but the food you ate was not very nutritious, it will impact your health. If the dad and son die young from coronary heart disease, it wasn't hereditary. It's because they didn't know McDonald's was bad for you. You know, meat, potatoes, and pop, the great American meal. Some people didn't know it wasn't very nutritious, you know, years ago. Hopefully they know now. I I guess some people probably still don't know. But it's not their fault. It was lack of true information. I mean, they used to advertise cigarettes by saying more doctors recommend their brand and menthol is good for your throat. You learn what you are told. And if you don't question it, you believe it. Whether they realize it or not, most people are constantly manipulated through the media. And look how detrimental, biased, and agenda-based our media is. We are influenced by the environment we live in. You know, like the stupid Hollywood movies, books, TV shows, religion, and the state institutions. The very notion of good and evil and concepts of morality are part of our cultural heritage and experiences. This method of control, used by the plutocrats, has been so successful that we no longer recognize or feel the manipulation The dominant values of any society rarely come from the people. Rather, they represent the views of the dominant control group, also known as, you know, come on, the plutocrats. Through the institutions like church, the military, corporations, and the banks, or the government, 
These entities determine the public agenda, all of which serve their own interests and perpetuate the illusion that society's values are determined from the ground up. Any deviations that may threaten the status quo will be suppressed or explained away by the government. And, you know, things are still crazy. Even the fear of God thing still works in both developed and undeveloped nations. There are many factors that are used to control people, too many to mention right now, but they come up quite often in my show. So now we can agree that learned behavior has got to be part of human nature or quit using the goddamn term entirely because it's being used falsely. Okay, let me give you an example from Jack Fresco. When one sees a dog leading a blind man across the street, we think of it as a good dog. But when we see the dog bark at a cyclist, we call that a bad dog. The dog is neither good nor bad. A dog can be trained to be ferocious or to help the blind. Both dogs can be the same breed, even from the same litter. Their behavior is due to the differences in training. To put another way, an ancient Roman family watching the Christians being fed to the lions was entertainment back then. And now we may think that's horrible. How could they sleep at night after witnessing that bloodshed? But today, in our country, a pilot that bombed the hell out of a country that had different cultural beliefs, and he killed lots of innocent civilians, he may be given a medal and will be honored for the mass murder he committed. And he most likely will sleep fine at night. Imagine these drone pilots unapologetically killing people for something they can't be sure it's right in any unbiased evaluation of reality. They are order-following murderers and feel okay with it. We reflect our culture just as the Roman family did. There's no difference. What we call conscience and morality are not an invisible higher self. They are largely determined by geography, the times, our upbringing, and our culture most of all. Now, a clever but despicable way of avoiding this fact is to deflect blame onto the individual. All studies on human behavior that we hear about is focused on the individual and less on identifying the environmental conditions surrounding them. You cannot identify the factors responsible for human behavior without a study of the culture that nurtured them. Yet still to this day, we still use genes as a scapegoat for aberrant behavior when the major influence is so obviously environmental. The science of human behavior is a complex algorithm of genes, environmental conditions like food, shelter, family dynamics, education, religious training, and personal experiences. And the interposition of decisions people make about their place in it. Nothing in the physical world is self-activating. All the processes in nature are interactive. You know, like we talk about a plant growing as if it grew on its own accord. And we ignore the relationship of the growth to water, soil conditions, and sunlight. The same laws that govern nature applies to human beings and are prime factors in shaping values. 
there is natural law and there is man-made law. Now, in our society, if you're lucky enough to be born into wealth or privilege, you'll have different values from someone born into poverty that has a lack of purchasing power. Man-made laws in our present culture tries to control behavior and values so as to serve the vested interests. A lot of crime is a result of having little or no money. Then, if they get caught trying to steal something, we spend more than double the money that they can earn at a low-wage job to lock them up in jail. I mean, if we spend seventy to 80000 a year locking up one prisoner for stealing, it would save money to give them $40,000 and say, here, go rent a place to live, get a job, straighten out your life. They would also feel better about society if things didn't seem so unfair to the underprivileged people. Also, mental problems for people in the middle class and lower class stem from money worries. I'm not a fan of most psychiatrists, but one of them said something smart, if you can believe it. He said if he could open a drawer and give each of his patients $200,000, 85% of his clients would have no need to see him anymore. So any of our effects to deal with socially offensive behavior are inadequate and stupid. Most people in jail are from the lowest income areas in the country. We need to realize that most forms of so-called criminal behavior are generated by the scramble for money and property in an age of contrived scarcity and planned obsolescence. In order for some to be so obscenely rich, there has to be planned scarcity for most of us. We can change this by ending plutocracy if we understand where all our problems come from. Bigotry, racism, nationalism, jealousy, superstition, greed, and self-centered behavior are all learned patterns of behavior, which are straightened or reinforced by our upbringing. These patterns of behavior are not inherent human traits or human nature, as most people have been taught to believe. Nothing will change until we change our money-driven culture. When we come into the world, we arrive with a clean slate as far as our relationships with others are concerned. We're taught to hate and discriminate. It's not a natural thing we're born with. Okay, to wrap this up, in the words of Jack Fresco, I say this. Functional morality is the ability to provide a process which achieves a sustainable environment for all people. By this we mean providing clean air and water, goods and services, and a healthy and innovative environment that is emotionally and intellectually fulfilling. It is difficult to think of solutions that would serve the interests of the majority in a monetary system. None of this can be accomplished without a comprehensive redesign of our social system and the eventual replacement of the money-based system with a scientifically managed resource-based economy. Yes, I agree with you, Jock. You were a wonderful and brilliant man who wanted to make life better for all people and offer a true option to the insane, greed-driven economy and society we live in. Now, some of this stuff is hard to take in right away, so you need to let it sink in. And changing our entire system and way of life seems impossible sometimes. But I feel if we focus on one step at a time, a transition to a kinder, 
more humane and intelligent society is very possible. And, of course, you know what I say the first step is, so I won't repeat myself. Ah, screw it, I can't take it. I love saying it. We need to overthrow the plutocrats. <laughs> All right, I'll get into more of this stuff in the near future, such as associative memory, which will ask the circular question, do we really think or are we simply influenced by associative memory? And I have some strong opinions about that, of course. Uh, also, emotions. They're not always human nature, but they reflect environmental insufficiency, insecurity, and scarcity. Now, Jack Fresco thought about what needed to change, and he figured out the best way to manage a society. But how to change is really the tough question, and that's what I spend time thinking about. How to make the transition, how to initiate it, how to get started. I used to think we could do it in small groups and expand. You know, like a group turning away from the government by simply not being part of their vile system anymore. Building and planning our own communities and getting out of their banks and stock market and not depending on them anymore. And finally, refusing to pay taxes to paying an interest on a debt we didn't create and for a, a war machine that we don't need. But... I think they're on to me because I suggest starting by getting off the grid and going total wind and solar power. And what did they do? They made that illegal. Like uh, here's a headline from 2014. Florida makes off-grid living illegal. Mandates all homes must be connected to electricity and water grid. You know, this essentially means we're being forced to depend on corporations and that we have no choice about how to run our lives. So we can't achieve change in government and lifestyle without a major percent of us committing to do it together. Because they'll just pass a law and make you a criminal if you choose to do it on your own or in a small uh, group or small pocket of a community. You know, if a hundred people break the law, they're going to get them. They'll be fined and or imprisoned. But if 20 million people break the law at the same time, there's not much they can do about it. So we need a national plan and actions because they'll, they'll squash any small movement. Even if they don't do it overtly, they will do it secretly. You know, that's what they're so good at. Deceit is the power of the plutocrats. If you get a thing going with a small group of revolutionaries, They'll infiltrate your group and they'll have provocateurs and cause a reason for the cops to come and kill you or imprison you. But don't you fret because a national plan can be achieved. And you know what? I still believe Facebook is a great place to organize that. So go ahead and let them steal your information and try to sell you crap you don't need and let Cambridge Analytica tell you who to vote for. Because... We are smart enough to see the truth. And soon we will use Facebook to free us from the corporate plutocratic control. Amen. <laughs> Sounds like a sermon. <laughs> All right, I hope you gained some more knowledge about the truth about human nature. But now I want to let all the haters out there know that when they say I hate America, 
and I should love it or leave it, you're not only a jackass, but you, probably like most other things as well, have it completely backwards. I complain about how things are in government in America because I love it. I want to set things right and have a country we can truly be proud of. You know, I love being able to say what I feel about the government without being killed or imprisoned. Yet, anyways. And I love the land and the lakes. And I hate seeing it be degraded and sold off. I love some of the people here. Americans are great. And I love what the true ideals of America was supposed to be. I also am proud that we created jazz and blues. And there are things I'm proud of for being an American. But it is our plutocrats, our corporations, and our government that I hate. And I seek to make things better by pointing out the problems and the misery that they are causing. This is what actually makes me a true patriot. And it should be our duty to take back control of our government. We can tell it's gone bad. So, listen up to all the people who just believe whatever they're told and say love it or leave it and think this is the best we could possibly do as a country. Don't say I hate America, you compliant sheep people. My outrage and disdain is directed at the ones who control our country and are destroying our social well-being and discrediting us around the world. The truth is, I, just like David Byrne, love America. So, let's get this song rolling, Vinny Jr.
Well, all right. Thank you, David Byrne, for expressing how I feel about America. That song is called Miss America from his solo album, Feelings. I love his voice. Uh, His singing sounds great to my ear. And I love how he had the Spanish singers take a verse there. (laughs) I find that very appropriate and funny. Now, I always kind of like talking heads, but I like David Byrne's solo work more. Most of it is very non-commercial, and that's what I like. In fact, the contrived commercial music you hear on the radio and TV and in commercials, it, it just makes me sick to my stomach. And I can tell instantly if something is contrived to make money or if it's honest and made from the heart. David Byrne is someone who writes very strange and meandering, sometimes nonsensical lyrics, but a concise notion of feeling usually emerges. So that was fun and a great tune. And I have a weird uh, condition in my brain, and sometimes a song will get trapped in my head, and it just keeps repeating day and night, going through my head over and over. And it actually drives me a little crazy because I try to stop it and I can't. Um, And that may come as no surprise to you. Some people think I'm crazy. But when I first heard that song, it got trapped in my head for weeks and it, it drove me nuts. And I didn't listen to it for about 20 years, maybe 15, until now. <clears throat> and uh, that album came out in 1997 and it's a good one. So check it out. David Byrne. All right. I want to comment on my observations on two other countries, France and the United Kingdom, and I want to apologize for taking some low blows on our president last week. You know, I basically said he's the worst president ever at playing the, the lead role for the plutocrats. But I was wrong. This uh, Theresa May and Emmanuel Macron They're even worse to listen to than Trump. So I say to the Donald, sorry, man, turns out you're not the worst. And it also seems like the Fulcos countries, remember that's uh, France, the UK, and the US, they all have the same agenda and the same script is handed to them. And the politicians and news people play their part. And it's the same show in all three countries. But no one wants to know who the writers and directors are. That's the big secret. Uh, Theresa May, you know, she has a tougher job than Trump because she has to do a lot more speaking and, you know, actually has to take questions and give answers. But she sounds just as delusional and incoherent as Trump. And this Emmanuel Macron fool, I mean, forget about it. He he's just sounds like an adolescent. He's the most contrived and incoherent speaker of them all. Every time I see him talking, I thought the interpreter was having a really bad day or new to the job, but it's just how he normally sounds. The guy is a ignorant-sounding twit. I don't know how people like that get elected. Uh, did you see him visiting with Trump over this last week and how stupid they look, loving on each other, kissing and hugging and complimenting one another what a bad movie it all is there's not a real leader among them just awkward tools of the plutocrats 
The French are just as dumb at voting and believing lies as the Americans and the Brits are. It's the exact same control and propaganda structure as far as I can see. You know, they just have universal health care and a better, more humane uh, benefits from the government. Now, I don't know much about how their health care system works, but I'll bet it's mismanaged and allows waste and abuse and could be streamlined to be much more effective. The only positive thing they can claim is that their system is way better than ours, but that's nothing to be too proud of. And as I said, there isn't a leader among them, just third-rate actors playing their lovely little part and enjoying their ride of privilege through life. These countries are controlled by the same transnational corporate money schemers. So the big decisions are not made by presidents and prime ministers or Congress or parliament. Strong leaders are hard to find in the Western world. Now, if you look at Putin, he actually has the confidence of the people and a track record of success and level-headed decisions to justify it. You know, this is not to say I approve of of their form of oligarchic uh, plutocracy. I'm just pointing out a fact. And then look at China. Like last month, their parliament re-elected President Xi Jinping without term limits. So it looks like China and Russia want to keep the same leadership going because it seems like they're in control. And as we head into a future that will be full of predicaments and strong decisions are needed, they don't want to change things. Uh, You know, they feel that, that where they're at now needs to continue. And their leadership is strong and concise, so they don't want to rock the boat or have any changes as we go into the uh, future of unknowns. But I am curious how it all is in China and what people are feeling about their leadership. I'll see if I can dig up more truth about China. It just seems so quiet there lately, doesn't it? I mean, what's going on over there, little guys? Is, uh, is anyone worried about economic downturn anymore? Or is this the calm before the storm? Or are they up to something? Are they preparing for something? I don't know, but uh, we should look into it a little more and see how things go. Because like last Tuesday, uh, the Dow Jones was down 424 points. And uh, it's nothing anymore. It's not even worth mentioning in the evening news. And, of course, it doesn't matter because the dollar supply can always be inflated. But they're going to have to get us more money because uh, gas prices are going up already. And it's already pissing me off. But uh, I'm sure it'll creep up more, especially during the the summer driving season. You know, they, they knew they needed to get us some money to keep things going this year. And they came up with this tax plan that gives some peanuts back to the middle class workers so they can continue to buy stuff and pay the interest on the debt when gas prices go up. Remember when all these people thought, Trump's going to kick some ass and he's going to fix our tax system with a flat tax plan, or at least simplify it, they thought. And that that actually would have been a good thing. And instead we get this treacherous plan. But it threw a few bucks back to us, so why complain? Trump's doing his best. Yeah, okay, buddy. 
Just like Obama did his best for universal health care, right? Oh, leave him alone. B-Rock did his best, and Obamacare ended pre-existing conditions, so let's give him a break. Yeah, that was the only good thing that they had to do just to sell it to the people, or it, it wouldn't have floated. And everyone knew that that was something that had to change. Just the notion of banning people with pre-existing conditions to health care was so sick. I can't believe it It ever lasted as long as it did. It's so ridiculous that we put up with that. But now they pass a tax plan, and they'll throw a few crumbs to the middle class temporarily, so we just accept it, despite heaving uh, giant benefits onto the super rich, multiplying the national debt, and endangering the American economy. Oh, don't worry about it, Vince. This kind of stuff can't be avoided. It's just human nature. Oh, yeah, right. So nothing can change. I got it. Human nature. Well, at least after today, we know better. Right, my friends? No, sorry, Vince. Humans from different countries and religion and color can't get along. It's in our nature to fight. No, it isn't. It's in the interest of the most sociopathic people in the world to have war, and they are the ones who lead us. There is nothing natural about it. Now, I want to point out how strong the propaganda is in the Fucus nations and how I think it's possible that the propaganda in the UK especially could be worse than it is right here in the United States of hypocrisy. So listen to this. Uh, In the UK, they decided to interview the former commander of British forces in Iraq. You know, surely he'll be all in on the war plans, right? Well, actually, he went off script and listen to what they do when something occurs like this and someone goes off script. I think anything what we've heard from either Sergei Lavrov or indeed the Russian ambassador has made it more difficult for the UK to launch any kind of attack without putting it to Parliament. I I think quite apart from all that, the, the, the debate that seems to be missing from this is uh, and this was actually mentioned by the by the uh, the ambassador was what possible motive might have uh, triggered Syria to launch a chemical attack at this time in this place? Uh, you know, the Syrians are winning. Don't take my word for it. Take the American military's word. For it. General Vergel, the head of uh, CENTCOM, you know, he said to Congress the other day, "America, uh, Assad has won this war, and we need to face that." So, and then, then you got last week the the statement by Trump or a tweet by Trump that, that America had finished with ISIL and we were going to pull out soon, very soon. Uh, and then suddenly you get. Okay, I'm 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 very sorry. You've been uh, very patient waiting for us, but we do need to leave it there. I'm very sorry. Thank you very much indeed. Yeah, way to go. Just cut him off before he gets people thinking about how improbable the official story is. I really think they might be worse than us. Our mainstream media was reading the same script and assuring us Assad is using chemicals on beautiful little boys and girls. But at least there are a few exceptions here. And from both the righty and the lefty state propaganda news networks. First... Listen to the lone voice of reason from the righty's Fox News channel. This is Tucker Carlson. I'm very interested in in the questions you're asking about whether this is some sort of a hoax or whether uh, this this, uh, poison gas attack 
uh, really didn't happen, was done by someone else. Uh, well, I'm not, I'm, I'm, I'm I'm not suggesting that's a, that. That's a question that Mr. Putin is asking, and he has a right to ask it, and, and so do you. I, I, I find myself on the, on the other sure side. I'm not sure I understand the implication. I'm not sure I understand the implication of adding Putin to that equation. That he's asking. I'm just saying this well, is a question. I, that, that, that's that that's not relevant. Slow down, Senator. That's not relevant to why I asked the question. I hope you're not trying to impugn my motive by tying me to Putin, as so many on the left do. Let me ask again. We were told a year ago that the sarin gas attack in Syria was committed by regime forces, by Assad's regime. We learned two months ago that we don't really know that, that we were lied to about that. I would think as a U.S. senator, you would have an interest in getting to the truth. Because I, I the truth matters, I, doesn't I, it? I think it's perfectly fine for someone uh, in a position like you to ask that question. Uh, I'm Why are you asking the question? I'm, I'm convinced. Well, I, I've... Uh, I've been listening to a lot over the last year, and for my purposes, I'm convinced that Bashar Assad was very much involved in the attack a year ago. Uh, the United Nations Security what makes Council you think is that? currently, based on information I've heard, uh, I think the United well, can you, Nations can you Security Council. Can you characterize it for us? Because the Secretary of Defense. That. I'm sorry, I wouldn't. I wouldn't typically interrupt you, but you suggested that I was somehow allied with Putin. So I, I think I, I can press you on this question. I'm, I'm the Secretary of that Defense. You asked the same question that he asked, and that's. Oh, that's so I must be a Russian agent. I get it. Right. I'm not yeah, saying right. that at all. I'm not right. saying that. Because it's a very obvious question, yeah. actually. And the Secretary of Defense said two months ago that we didn't have proof, but you apparently have proof that the Secretary of Defense doesn't have. Could you characterize it for us? No. I'm, I'm not going to. I'm not going to get into that further. Okay. Wow, was that a moment of challenge to the state narrative on Fox News? How refreshing and unexpected was that? And I wonder if Tucker will soon be fired if he keeps this up. Okay. Well, surely there is no challenge to the plutocrats' narrative on the pathetic lefty news outlets, right? I mean, they're the worst and most biased and totally devoid of covering two sides of any issue. Well, yes, that's true about CNN. They're the most pathetic news channel in history. However, and this is hard to believe, but I actually found a clip of a man speaking some truth on MSNBC. Listen to this guy who, I, I don't think he really cares about the inhumane aspect of overthrowing leaders and destabilizing countries. He simply thinks it was a bad idea and it wouldn't work. But at least he challenged the state narrative. So listen to this pencil neck egghead who also was allowed to say this on liberal propaganda TV. Listen. This is a U.S. mistake that started seven years ago. And I remember the day on, uh, on your show mm -hmm. uh, when... Uh, President Obama said, Assad must go. Mm -hmm. And I looked at uh, you and Joe and I said... Huh? How's he going to do that? Where's the policy for that? Right. And we know uh, they sent in the CIA to overthrow Assad. The CIA and Saudi Arabia together uh, in covert operations tried to overthrow Assad. It was a disaster. Eventually it brought in both ISIS as a splinter group to the jihadists that went in. It also brought in Russia. So we have been digging deeper and deeper and deeper. What we should do now is get out and not continue to throw missiles, not have a confrontation with Russia. Seven years has been a disaster under Obama 
continuing under Trump. This is what I would call the permanent state. This is uh, the CIA. This is the uh, Pentagon wanting to keep Iran and Russia out of Syria, but no way to do that. And so we have made a proxy war in Syria. It's killed 500,000 people, displaced 10 million. And I'll say predictably so, because I predicted it seven years ago that there was no way to do this and that it would make a complete chaos. So what I would plead to President Trump is get out, like his instinct told him, He's by the way. Before, yeah. That was his instinct. Yeah. But then all the establishment, the New York Times, the Washington Post, the Pentagon, everybody said, no, no, that's irresponsible. But his instinct is right. Get out. We've done enough damage, seven years. And now we really risk a confrontation with Russia that is extraordinarily dangerous, mm. reckless. Wow, can you believe that was on MSNBC? And by the clips I have presented, it seems the UK is worse at propaganda. And, you know, perhaps it's not true. And, of course, we are the ringleaders of this madness and evil agenda of mayhem. But without allies, the U.S. would be in a much weakened position on the world stage. And the propaganda must be omnipresent in France and the U.K. to keep the sheep people in line. Perhaps here the majority of people are so apathetic it's not a big deal and some contradicting voices are allowed to whisper now and then in the mainstream and maybe it gives them some sort of uh, undeserved credibility or something. <clears throat> but I wonder if every American were suddenly endowed with the truth about our military-industrial complex and who it works for and benefits, would it even matter? Or would everything just go on as normal? Because we're so distracted and apathetic to anything that isn't directly affecting us. Well, I will make a prediction, and as I stated a couple weeks ago, my predictions are almost always right, and I wish they weren't. But I predict things are about to occur that really will affect us, and the people will begin to take notice of how things are being governed. You know, gas prices are already going up, and despite years of rosy economic news, people are not as well off as the market reports make us out to be. Just one factor like rising gas prices and some minor inflation can cause people to finally take notice of our true reality. Again, I'm not predicting an economic collapse, but I'm saying a serious downturn could be right around the corner. And I hope I'm wrong, but I hardly ever am. And the last time I was wrong was the uh, 2016 elections. I mean, I was certain Hillary would win. And despite how much I berate Donnie Chump, I'm glad I was wrong. Hillary is a demon from hell with no empathy and is undeniably a sociopath. Uh, it would be 10 times worse if, if she was president. It, it's slightly better having a narcissistic fool as head sock puppet than her. The woman campaigned about pushing for World War III by saying, let's put a no-fly zone in Syria, you know, just like they did in Libya, and destroy the country with a bombing campaign. And she's still out there saying that today. She, like Obama, was so close to Wall Street that there would be no need for lies and cover like they have to give to Trump. Uh, because the plutocratic agenda 
is what these corporate Democrats are totally aligned with, and they're, they're proud of it. So it's no wonder why she lost. And I thought she would win because the elections were rigged. Certainly the primaries were. You know, I knew for sure when she beat Bernie Sanders by one percentage point or less in four states around the Great Lakes here. I think it was Illinois, Michigan, Minnesota, and Wisconsin. Maybe it was Ohio, I forget. But there's no doubt that they rigged the primary elections. And they had all the superdelegates nailed down, so Hillary won the primary against Bernie, who would have won hands down if it was a fair race. But maybe they didn't think they had to rig the general election because Trump is such a repulsive candidate. You know, they thought he could never win. And I guess even if he did, he agreed to play ball with the plutocrats just the same. So it didn't really matter, and it never does. But the excuses the Democratic Party and the Clinton machine gave and continue to give as to why she lost is so unbelievable. I can't believe anyone takes them seriously anymore or watch the slimeballs like Bill Maher defending her lies of the Russian interference in the election scam. It's staggering, and all the Democratic Party people should be forced into exile, every one of them, and bring in a new party to challenge the ruthless, regressive, and repugnant Republicans. If there are still people who believe the Clinton narrative or Russia swayed the election to Donald Trump, you really should be ashamed of yourselves. This wretched woman continues to spew out bullcrap and make excuses for how pathetic and despised she was as as a candidate. No one in their right mind liked this sick woman, and an election between Trump and Clinton was the worst offering America ever had. It was the worst candidate versus the second worst candidate in history, and anyone who participated in this election or didn't vote for a third party should be ashamed of themselves. Okay, I'm out of time, and I had a soundbite I was going to play of Hillary Clinton talking about this uh, very recently, so she's still on the same delusional page. Uh, So I'll start with that on next week's show, and I also wanted to mention how uh, Iran has officially switched from the dollar to euro uh, when dealing with foreign currency amounts. So that's something interesting we will talk about. And I also got a soundbite about a good man confronting John McCain. So we'll listen to that. And I will also comment about the notion that if it doesn't directly affect you, do we even care about it? That's something important to talk about. And I have an original song that asks the same question that I will play in the musical segment. So, thank you for joining me this week on the Plutocracy Report. I'm Vince Marcanti, and feel free to friend me on Facebook or email me at theplutocracyreport at gmail.com. Have a great week, everybody. Bye-bye.